Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Whatever time you are listening to us, this is Find It at Fond du Lac, Fond du Lac District Library's very own podcast. I'm Jeremy, a reference assistant here at Fond du Lac. We'll start off today by mentioning some of Fond du Lac's upcoming programs and services. As a general announcement, the library will be closed all day on September 3rd and September 4th. And on September 23rd, join us for our after-school snacks program. Every person in attendance must register. So, if a child will have an adult with them, the two would need to register. Please list any food allergies when you register at fondelaclibrary.org. And on September 30th, the Fond du Lac District Library is partnering with AAA Certified Confidential Security Corps to sponsor a community shred event. This is an opportunity for you to dispose of your old documents, tax forms, statements, checks, etc. You need not remove staples, paper clips, or binders. Your items will be placed in locked bins and shredded and recycled at the Confidential Security Corps facility. You can learn more about Confidential Security Corps by going to their website at confidentialsecurity.com. Moving on today, we have the adult services manager and my boss here with us today, Laura. Laura, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to do this. Yeah, well, thanks for uh, coming on board the podcast today. Um, So there's probably a lot we can discuss, but today we're going to go over local history at Fond du Lac District Library. Um, Can you discuss a little bit about our um, local history material? Sure. So we are at East Peoria Library, so um, our main focus is on East Peoria local history. Right. Um, I would love to be able to carry... Illinois local history, all kinds of stuff, but our building is only so large and yes. um, we our storage is only so plentiful. So we have uh, narrowed it to East Peoria historical, yeah. mostly volumes and information. We do have a, a couple little artifacts, but it's uh-huh. mostly um, materials. Um, anything from yearbooks, which I know we'll discuss later, to cemetery records and okay. census records and marriage records. We have some old maps. We have histories written about okay. the area. Cool. Um, we also have lots of pictures and we have what we call our hanging files, which are specific topics that are important to East Peoria, like Caterpillar, as we all know, has right. a huge presence yeah, in absolutely. East Peoria and East Peoria history. So we have a lot of clipped articles and information about Caterpillar. The bridges, um, oh, cool. how the bridges, when the bridges were built, that sort of thing, yeah. when those came along. So those um, files are hung up and you can ask one of our fantastic staff here to uh, help you access those. Very cool. And uh, we sort of have two different areas for the local history. Uh, One area is in our quiet room um, upstairs in adult services. And then one area is in our work room. Isn't that right? Yeah, we do kind of have two places that we keep it. Um, The things that are in our local history room or our quiet reading room are bound 
Uh Um, they're actual books that can be on a shelf safely and look nice. Um, everything we do have is only available through the staff because we have had people cut yearbook pictures out (laughs) or, (laughs) um, you know, cut things out of books that were available. So we've made it that you're welcome to make copies. We have a scanner. You're welcome to use the scanner to scan copies, but you do have to get them through our staff. So in the quiet reading room, you can come browse, you can come look at the titles, you can look at the the book titles and things like that. Because that's in a glass case. Yes. So it's it's locked behind glass. And then we're happy to go and get those items for you. Um, You're welcome to, they can't leave the library. You can't check them out. So we ask that you come and sit near us so that if you need any aid, we can help you. Like I said, you're more than welcome to make copies. Black and white copies are 10 cents a page. Color are 25 cents a page. We also have a scanner and the scanning is free. If you send them, you can send them to your own email. You can scan them to flash drive, things like that. So we have many ways you can take the information with you. It's just not actually taking the materials. Right. You can't can't check it out like the average library book. Right. But we want to give you the information. So we will we will help you to get that information any way you can. The information that we keep in our back storage room are more things that um, aren't like bound copies like books. Like a lot of them might be in like spiral bound mm-hmm. um, things like census data or marriage records or cemetery records come in kind of a cross between a bound item and a not bound item, but they uh-huh. don't. They don't have that like book thing that you right. think of. So we also have things that we would have to keep flat, like plat maps um, mm-hmm. are in our back room because they are very large and we have to have special special space, <laughs> special space for, them. for those. <laughs> we also have some things that people that lived here have made, like scrapbooks of like, right. um, I know we have a scrapbook of a woman whose brother was in one of the world wars and oh, cool. has some of their back and forth and her experience here some letters from uh-huh. him and things like that so um there are things like that that yeah. you can get we also have all of the city directories from i believe they start in the 30s up through current and those give you information like who lived there they also give you information sometimes about families like all of the people that lived there or who owned the house versus who lived in the house they have you can look things up by person or you can also look them up by address okay so if you were looking to see who lived in your house in the 40s Uh you can you can look that up i might not we might not be able to contact them but that that information is in those directories right and We have some other cool things back there, like oral histories. They are currently, we have them, they're on actual tapes, and we do have a tape player that you can listen to here. Which is also Um, a historical relic. Right, (laughs) right. These days it is. Uh, I I have digital copies of those, but I have not had the time to break them down and make them into something consumable for the public right. yet, but that is in the works. So cool. I have I have saved that data right. <laughs> so that when those tapes break, because they inevitably right. will, um, I do <laughs> have still, those. They're still 
available. Right. I still have the raw files to, awesome. <laughs> to get those going. But yeah, that's kind of, that's why we keep some of the things separate because we don't have room for all of it in one place. But. Right. And as an assistant here in adult services, um, I noticed that a lot of people come in looking for yearbooks. Um, do you think that that's been a major point of interest when it comes to um, researching local history in the community? Yeah, I think that a lot of people love to look at the yearbooks, even if they just want to look up some person they used to know or went to school with. They might not know their last name or something, but they Mm -hmm. remember they were freshmen and they were a sophomore and they'll come and look for someone. A lot of times we'll get people who are doing class reunions will Uh um, reach out to us to help to, to get lists from yearbooks. And it's just like I've had like... People come in and look up their parents or things like that. Just kind of fun little things. So those are very popular. They're very accessible. People know how to use them. They know what they're, they're, everyone is familiar with them. So I think it's a place that a lot of people start when they're doing some historical research about the area. Cool. I've also noticed a couple of questions come up uh, from patrons wishing to see um, uh, photos of uh, their historic homes um, when they were originally built um, or around the same time period. So homes without essentially all of them maybe modern updates that were added on later over the course of, you know, decades. Can you maybe uh, go over what uh, we might have to help with that sort of uh, Um, thing? That gets really tricky because a lot of times we have donated pictures and things, but people Uh don't always tell us what they are or where they're from. Right. Uh, I inherited a lot of this collection and... There were boxes of pictures with no sort of context. So I put them into safe places so that they can be kept safe and they won't deteriorate. I don't I don't know where they are always. Um, right. Sometimes you can kind of get an idea. Sometimes we have it's no just kind of guessing and <laughs> so a lot of, i we have some books full of local pictures but i don't mm-hmm. always have exact places that they are sometimes i will refer those sorts of questions i'll give them whatever we have they can right. look at those directories to see sometimes the local historical societies can also help with something like that so we're a first stop for a lot of people but a lot of times if they need a little more in depth things we'll refer them to other places where they can dig a little yeah. Yeah, very cool. And uh, what kind of uh, newspapers do we uh, store here at the library? Um, I mean, we have the normal current event papers going back a couple of weeks or so. um, But what kind of uh, historical papers do we uh, store here at the library? Uh, So we do keep the, the current things up to a month. Um, but then we do get rid of those, except for the East Peoria specific paper. Okay. It has relatively recently, it's been a while, but it, it used to be, we used to have East Peoria Courier, Uh which was just for East Peoria, but it was getting very thin. And so they combined with, um, some other papers in the area to just have one of those now. So we have that and we will keep that, but, um, we do have a microfilm machine and patrons are welcome to use that. Um, we have just the East Peoria paper on microfilm and we have that from when it started up until I believe you can get it digitally. And then on our digital databases, we have, um, the East Peoria paper and we also have the Journal Star, I believe, starting in 1999. Okay. 
Um, but if you're looking for the Journal Star, which is a little more helpful a lot of times than the East Peoria paper for people who are doing research or the Pekin Daily Times, you would have to go to the Peoria Library okay. or the Pekin Library. And then they will have that because it's it's just a lot of investment to mm-hmm. keep all of those papers. Right, right. <laughs> so um, if it's the specific East Peoria paper, um, we should have that here on microfilm for you. And I will say our microfilm reader does have a uh, copier in it. So oh, cool. you can make copies straight from the, from the page. microfilm. Cool. So if you see a, a, an article that you would like to have a copy of, you can do that right at the machine and then pay us on your way out. Okay, cool. So that's really nice. And it allows you to take that history home with you instead of having to take a bunch of notes or try to take a picture on your phone and right, <laughs> things right. like that. So Very cool. And um, we also have some material on quote-unquote, Blue Town. Is that right? Yeah. So before East Peoria became East Peoria, it was broken into little smaller like townships or little uh-huh. areas that would eventually be incorporated into East Peoria. Okay. Uh, Blue Town is one of those smaller areas that would in- eventually be incorporated into East Peoria. So we have, um, that's also where the Fond du Lac name comes from. Okay. Um, it was another area that would be another incorporated okay. into yeah. um, East Peoria. So that's why you see things like Fond du Lac Library, which is funny because we get mistaken for a Fond du Lac Library in Wisconsin every once in a while. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get a phone call and they'll say that it's on our shelves. And sometimes we'll be like, what city are you in? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, so the, the Blue Town and Fond du Lac, and there are some other things that would also would ultimately become East Peoria. And I think that we have hanging files on most of those little oh, we towns do. that would become East Peoria if you're looking for information on yeah. those. So, Very cool. Yeah. Um, there's also available in hard copy at the library uh, a reference pamphlet as well as being available online for download or printing um, the Centennial History of East Peoria. It's technically under copyright by the city, but is available on our website for anyone to view. Um, Can you go over a bit about that pamphlet? Sure. That is a really, really great place to start if you're looking to uh, look into East Peoria history. It's a booklet that was put out by the East Peoria City on its centennial and that we actually do have copies that you can check out. I have a little stockpile of them so i have a couple that are in the in the collection that you can actually take home with you okay um there is one in our reference department that obviously has to stay in reference because if things that are in the collection walk off i want to make sure that we have um it's really great it covers how east peoria became east peoria it has a ton of really great pictures of Mm -hmm. the brickyards or you know early caterpillar pictures or um, all kinds of stuff like that so if you're looking to start looking at east peoria history it's a really great place to start and then you can kind of go from there cool and we also have a subscription to websites like um, ancestry.com isn't that right that is true um we have 
Ancestry Library Edition here at the library. We also have Heritage Quest online. Okay. So um, Ancestry is very popular for genealogy. It has 200 billion images plus oh, wow. growing every day. Um, 7,000 unique databases, including charts and forms. And if you go to our, if you go to them on our website, they also have tutorials. So oh, cool. if you're like, this is really overwhelming and right. I don't know how this works, right under it, it says view tutorial and there's a little video that can uh, get you started to cool. know what all of those tools can be used for. So that's really helpful. Um, we also have Heritage Quest online, which has a lot of census records and digitized versions of genealogy collections and uh, city directories. Uh, military and immigration records are also yeah. on there. So that's very helpful for a lot of people who are looking for genealogy. Um, if you have a library card, you can use those at home. If you don't, you can come to our library and get on one of our computers and you can use them here. And But like I said, both of those have tutorials right there with them. So if you get a little overwhelmed about how to use them, mm -hmm. I can walk you through step-by-step step what you're doing there. So they're great databases. And we also, I try to a couple times a year have a genealogy program because I know people oh, yeah. are really into genealogy. So there are a few people around the area that will do genealogy programs. I'm like I've done, I have the basics now what kind of a thing. I try uh -huh. to do something about like digging a little deeper. Once, okay. you've, once you've hit the library, what's next? Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, those yeah. sorts of things. You've hit the library, you've hit those databases and you kind of hit a wall right where do you go from there so i try to kind of have a some programming so keep your eye on the newsletter okay. things like that because i try to have those you know one or two a year just because i know people are really interested in looking into where they came from and that sort of thing yeah that sounds really helpful so yeah. awesome and we're not technically a part of this organization but um um, we often do refer patrons to um, the Tazewell County um, Genealogical and Historical Society. Um, can you tell us a little bit about them? There are two separate resources you can use for that. Um, East Peoria Historical Society has their own historical society. Oh, really? Um, they, um, they have a little house up on one of the hills up there that... Um, there's the house and then the building next to it that they run. Their hours aren't always, they, they don't always have a lot of people that are available to help you. But if you reach out to them, you might be able to set up an appointment that you can uh -huh. look at records that they have there right. or talk to someone that might be able to help you more than we can. So they're a great resource to have. Uh, but there is also the Tazewell County Genealogical and Historical Society, which is based in Pekin, because mm -hmm. Pekin is technically the county seat for Tazewell County. Right. So um, they have a great library there and they do have some set hours that we can look up for you and give you those mm -hmm. hours and let you know when they're open, when you can call. And they have a lot of great genealogical sources as well as some more in pictures and things like yeah. that from all of Tazewell County. So not just East Peoria, but right, right. The, the other outlying and, yeah. Washington and right. anywhere that's in Tazewell County. So, cool. Yeah. Have you read any interesting books lately? I mean, as a librarian, we have to, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, the last book I read is called A Highlander for Hannah, 
which is actually written by my sister, Mary Warren. Oh, really? Yeah. So <laughs> cool. I have to be a good sister yeah. and uh, check that out. Give that a shout out. <laughs> um, she has been working on a website for a few years now and is also now an author. It's called Fat Girls in Fiction, and mm-hmm. it's about uh, fat representation in in literature. So, you know, she um, herself writes a lot of um, fat main characters Uh and also will, you know, also advocates for other authors who are doing the same sort of thing. So she has a a handful of books out now and I am making my way through those. So that is the last (laughs) one that I read. And it's always fun to read a book by a sibling because you get to see those little things that no one else gets. (laughs) Is this character based off of me? (laughs) Luckily, I don't think I was in there, but who knows? (laughs) Um, But so that's, that's what I've been reading lately, but yeah. That's cool. Is that available at the library by any chance? It is not yet available at the library, but I, I'm looking into getting a set of them for the library okay, because cool. I think that we it's a local author and yeah. you know I think it's neat to have yeah we um, definitely have other local authors here so yeah, yeah. so I need to uh, talk with our purchaser and get some of those in our cart soon so keep an eye out for those soon and yeah we'll get those coming <laughs> <laughs> well uh, Laura uh, thanks for um, being on the podcast today and hopefully we'll have you on some other time. Great. I had a great time. Thanks for having me. That's it for Find It at Fond du Lac. We would like to thank you for listening. And if you have a Spotify account, please follow our podcast there. Don't forget to also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find the books and movies we mentioned on our library catalog at fondulaclibrary.org. I'm your host, Jeremy. Thanks for listening.